Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In, available on all your podcast platforms and on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios. Delighted, as always, to bring you another Tennis Channel podcast covering the game you know and love. This week, we welcome back onto the show esteemed tennis journalist Chris Otto. He writes for Tennis Now. He covers the game and covers the matches as they're happening on Twitter at The Fanchild is his handle. And he's at many of the big events and tournaments that take place Uh, So he is a very, very tuned-in tennis mind in the world of journalism. We break down the Davis Cup, Italy's triumph led by Yannick Sinner to get their Davis Cup title. He went through Novak Djokovic in Serbia to do that. We break down Sinner's year, how he finished the season, what it looks like for 2024. Could he be the guy to challenge not just Djokovic, but Alcaraz for the future of the sport? We also look at Djokovic's historic 2023 season compared to some other years, discuss how he's able to just keep making history at his age. And we also discuss the next-gen finals taking place now in Saudi Arabia, airing exclusively on Tennis Channel, how this event has made some stars, players that have won this tournament have gone on to bigger and better things such as Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz. What's in store at this tournament? Otto breaks down a lot of different players that he likes and players to keep an eye on. It's journalist Chris Otto joining Tennis Channel Inside In, and the show starts right now. All right, welcome everybody here on Tennis Channel Inside In, returning uh, to wrap up another season. You can find him on Tennis Now, you can find him as the fan child on Twitter. It's a, a senior and esteemed journalist in the tennis community, Chris Otto. Chris, welcome back to the show. This is an exciting time of year. Uh, we're, we're putting a bow on a season. We're looking ahead to the future. Uh, exciting stuff, but thanks to come back. Thanks for you coming back on the podcast. Good to be back, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a great time of year, obviously, uh, as I said, and uh, we got to put a bow on 23. Uh, but before we get mm-hmm. to the last tournament, the Davis Cup that just happened, your instant thought of just how you're going to remember this year, and you can interpret this any question any way you want the guys the girls how are you going to look back your instant reaction to the tennis season the exciting one that we just saw wow yeah i didn't expect that i thought we were talking <laughs> a little bit more davis cup and get into our recency biases yeah. but i mean it's a year of novak 36 years old he won three majors i mean he reestablished himself as number one in the world i mean the goat term is you know it's pretty firmly in his grasp that's really the first takeaway you got to have mm-hmm. if you're looking at men's tennis from and, and really tennis in general in 2023. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I got to keep you on your toes a little bit, you know, but uh, Djokovic's like year, it, incredible. We'll, we'll try to put that in perspective later. The women, it was good to see several faces emerge. Iga had the dip and then came back and we had a lot of different major winners, you know, so it's exciting there. Uh, let's get right into the Davis Cup. It was a stunning performance, uh, really. And even before we get into Italy winning it, Chris, we're back to, I think, good, exciting. This was the first time in a while, and I know COVID has a lot to do with it in the new format, but 
this did kind of feel like an old school Davis Cup. It was passionate. It was intense. The fans were right tiptoeing on that line. And uh, you saw players giving it their all for their country and nothing more than that, just playing for national pride. It did feel like an old school Davis Cup. Yeah, I mean, you can bash Davis Cup all you want, but when it comes down to it and you get players out there that are hungry enough to show up after the ATP finals in late November, you know they're committed and you know you're going to get great tennis. And there's something about it. Yeah, the format changed in 2019, and and I think everybody can agree that it's not perfect, Mm -hmm. maybe worse than it was before. A lot of these, a lot of the things we love about Davis cup have been lost, but then you get a weekend like this and it's just, it just captures the imagination. You see some of the best players in the world competing head to head and you forget about all the problems and you get into the spirit of this great competition, this great historic competition. And we saw some great stuff. We did. It resulted in Italy winning the Davis cup, uh, getting the job done Yannick Sinner, who we'll get to in a second, Chris, was outstanding. But got to give shout-out to uh, Arnaldi for stepping up, Matteo Arnaldi, with some great tennis. And it is interesting, right? If Italy was going to win the Davis Cup years ago, you know, we wouldn't have been shocked by that, but we would have probably thought, you know, Musetti was there a little bit, was kind of hampered, maybe Berrettini, some of the old guard. But it was Ar- Arnaldi who was the second-best player for their run, and props to him for stepping up when his country needed it. Yeah, he's a quality young player. We saw him break out at the U.S. Open. He's got a lot of game. I mean, Italian tennis is kind of a gift that keeps on giving. And let's not forget Lorenzo Sonigo, who was great in doubles and got that key win against Serbia. That was just an amazing mm-hmm. comeback in the semifinals. And we can talk more about that. But that's that's a pivotal match that we could be looking back at for several years to come, and special, particularly in the development of Yannick Center. Italian tennis. Yeah, the women get to the final of, of the Billie Jean King Cup. And there is... You know, it's interesting, too. There's a lot of young players in that development system. I don't know, you know, just as an aside on the national side, on the global tennis side, but what do you think Italy's been doing right to kind of have this booming system? It's like, you know, a development system, whether it's hockey or other sports, like Italy is doing a cut above what we've seen the other countries do. And I'm just wondering how they've, you know, figured out how to produce so many good players. Yeah, you see a lot of challenger events in Italy. They're really committed to the lower level tennis and they have a lot of playing opportunities for guys. And then you also see a lot of really good, strong bonds between players and coaches. You see guys coming up that have been with their coaches since they were 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think that allows for some stability. It's the challenger events. That's what I've been hearing. There are a lot of them and there's a lot of players. And it's not just guys that are in the top 100. It's not just young guys. There are a lot of veterans out there, a lot of grinders. Mentality, they embrace the sport. Let's say let's say that tennis in Italy is probably number two. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a lot of love for it. They're coming on and they're and they've got leadership in the Onyx Center right now. And some of the Berrettini was a leader for a while. And I think there's a lot of reasons they're doing well. Yeah, I was uh, over the summer had the chance to talk to uh, Jasmine Paolini, and she said, I think it was Cincinnati. I'm not sure exactly what the term it was. But she walked into the players' lounge. It was a mixed event, you know, guys and girls there. And she said it felt like they were in Italy. everyone was talking Italian. So it was an exciting time to kind of see where where the pros have gotten to the game with Italy. So it's exciting stuff. Yannick Sinner is the man of the hour. They win the, the Davis Cup title on his shoulders. Australia in the final. But, Chris, everyone's going to talk about the Djokovic match in the semifinal. The fact that he avenged the loss in the ATP Finals championship match. Beats Novak in three sets and... Chris, say what you want about where it is and what it means and, you know, the winning the big one argument. Novak was invested. He gave his all to win this match, and Sinner still beat him. So that's that's what I'm taking away from this is he beat a Djokovic that was all focused on winning and props to Yannick because not many people can do it 
multiple times, especially in the same day when you consider the doubles tie. Amazing. I mean, this is going to be a match and a, and a end of season run that Yannick can put in his pocket all next year, maybe for the rest of his career. He proved himself on so many different levels. And you look at his performance before we talk Davis Cup, you look at his performance against the three guys ranked ahead of him. He's got, I think, a two-match winning streak against Carlitos. He's got three in a row against Medvedev, who absolutely owned them in, his, in their first six meetings. And then he was 0-3 against Novak, and he's got two out of three in, in the late season here. But in the Davis Cup, to be able to win it in that fashion to where Novak kind of owned that third set, was knocking on the door throughout, and then he saves the three match points and goes ahead and gets that victory in the clutch. He did it probably being outplayed a little bit. He did it by digging deep and using his serve, which has been maybe the liability in previous years, but he's mm -hmm. really shoring up that stroke. It's getting better and better. I think he won 87% of his service holds this year. It's like five, fifth among the top 50. So it's no longer a liability. It's actually a strength. And, and now he can look in the mirror and say, I can dig down deep and beat the best, the absolute best player in the world when he's invested, as you said. Remarkable performance. He'll, he'll rely on it when he needs mental toughness throughout his career. Yeah, first of all, that stat you put out on Twitter that he was 0-9 against the top three before this year and went 8-3 and this year is just mind-boggling. Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It shows you the growth and development. And yeah. You know, beating Djokovic here, the Medvedev part of it, too. We don't normally see rivalries flip completely like that from one guy owning him to now he's got the hot hand and Medvedev is the one struggling out there. In this Djokovic match, though, Chris, I kept coming back to there were moments in the match. There was that miss, miss at the net where he, he completely shanked one on a big point in the third set. He didn't, he didn't panic. He didn't get down on himself. He didn't, you know, the wheels didn't fall off, which, look, is understandable when you're playing Djokovic and you're playing the best in the world and you have a chance and you kind of blow it, Sinner is so much mentally tougher than he has been, and he's still super young. It's a testament to the work he's put in, the team around him, and the fact that he is not settling at any level. He was 15. He's not settling. He's now getting to 5 to 4. He still wants to go higher. And look, there is an argument in the tennis community that he is going to be the guy going forward into 2024. Maybe not Djokovic's year. Maybe not Alcaraz's year. Why can't it be Yannick Sinner the way he's finishing 2023? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of our recency bias there, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but, and, and I'm not correcting you because mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think mm -hmm. when you look at who has more upside, I think that Yannick is still maybe a little less developed in terms of his full potential than Carlitos is. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. He's already has the edge, you know, in a small amount against Carlitos. That's a great rivalry, and mm -hmm. I think it will be for many years to come. So it's going to be really interesting to see how yeah. those two play each other. But I think Yannick is just, he's got his head down. He's not really like, you know, he's not probably not over celebrating. He just wants to keep improving, keep working on the elements of the game that he knows he needs to work on. I think physicality yeah. in five set matches are, is still going to be an issue. And we saw it this year. I think he lost three five setters at the slams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at his body and his build, you, you'd like to see a little bit more weight on that frame. Yeah. And there's a lot of areas like that will help him overall if he keeps working on his physicality. Yeah. There's a lot of upside. It's It's crazy, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and I want to clarify, I said there's an argument, which is great. It's yes. a debate we're going to see, and the players are the only ones that get to decide this. They're going to play each other, and we'll see what happens. But I do like the fact that there's a possibility that Sinner could be the guy, or maybe it's another Djokovic here, or Alcaraz resets, or somebody else steps up. I, I do agree with you too, Chris, that you said that the physicality question, right? Winning the heavy matches was a thing, which is why, in a weird way, beating Djokovic is amazing in, in its own right. But the two matches that stood out to me for Sinner this year the Medvedev final match that went three plus hours 
And that Holger match where you can say, quote unquote, didn't have anything to play for, wanted it, needed in a lot of ways to get one over Holger, who had beaten him twice before. And that was another long physical match. So I think that is maybe as important as any, those two, any wins that he had, including the Djokovic one. Because as you said, winning those physical matches is like the final piece to the puzzle before he gets, you know, the sky is the true limit. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and, um, and, and like, I'm agreeing with you, by the way. And um, um, I think that in my head, I'm kind of thinking like maybe Yannick Sinner is going to be the best, is going to be a number one and be, and be a dominant player more than Carlitos is, you know, it could go back and forth, but he's in the mix and it makes mm-hmm. it so much more yeah. exciting. And yeah, you're right. I think, you know, those, those five setters, that physicality, that's been his top priority. He talks about it like every press conference that he's not there yet, that, that he's making strides and, and you see it on the court. You see him winning these tough matches, these tighter matches, and you see him again. The serve was the other issue, and you see that being so much better. Mm-hmm. He's so committed and so hardworking and so level-headed and experienced. He's getting it now. He's got what four years worth of Grand Slams. He's at the point now where it's starting to pay off. Where you could have considered him inexperienced probably mm-hmm. halfway through the season. Now he's got a Wimbledon semifinal, albeit against he won those five matches against guys outside of the top 75. He's still finally taken that step. Mm-hmm. And then this run where he's won 20 out of 22 matches to end yeah. the season against really difficult competition. This was not a soft finish of the year. He was playing Djokovic. He was playing Medvedev. You've seen guys go on tears and you say, wow, he's won 20 of 21. But who did they play? This was real deal winning streak. Yeah, and sometimes winning these physical matches is just knowing to play a little smarter and, you know, getting points sooner, finishing them, getting off the court quicker. So sky, sky's the limit for Yannick Center. What can you say? It was a, a testament there. Also, kind of interesting how he just continues to beat Demon Hour in a lot of these milestone moments, right? Because it happened a yeah. few times. Demon Hour's been playing great, getting Australia to the final above the Davis Cup. But, yeah, he runs into Center, and Center just seems like he beats Demon Hour as the last piece in a lot of these runs. Yeah, that's like a rinse, lather, repeat. I think Yannick <laughs> knows what he needs to do every time he faces him, and he just does it. And and credit to him for being able to do that because we know how tough Demon is, especially in those international team competitions. Yeah, and he he's you know took this hard as anybody would get into the final, but it's good to see Australia is kind of in a nice place with Demon Hour. We'll see with Kyrgios if he comes back, but also, you know, I think there was a lot of people, and maybe us included, that thought, oh, we were unsure where Australia was going to be in the international level after some of the old guard retired. And it's good to see Demon Hour picking up the mantle, top 15 player trying to push forward. And yeah, just a matchup nightmare for a lot of players. Yeah. I like what Australia has done two years in a row in the final, Leighton Hewitt as the captain. I'd love to see them get one. And, you know, Kyrgios coming back, that could be a great storyline for next season. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. So more with Chris Otto here on Tennis Channel Inside In. We have the uh, other side of this is Novak Djokovic. He doesn't win the Davis Cup for Serbia. You know, upset, took a lot of the brunt and put a lot of it on his shoulders as an accountable leader would do. Um, I know there's a lot to be said about where this is on the calendar, and I know it's about how he, you know, judges himself as winning competitions and winning matches like this. But 
it's also a little bit of recon too. So he gets another crack at center. Center gets the better of him. But you know how Novak is, right? He's going to adjust and he's going to use this as you know motivation and fuel. Not like he needs to accomplish anything else, Chris, but this is just going to add to the fire that we see out of the gates in 2024. I agree. I don't <laughs> I don't worry about Novak at all losing to Yannick twice at the end of the season. And like you said, he gets the intel. He he benefits from these matches. He analyzes the data. He analyzes the the you know the back and forth and the head to head, and he comes up with a game plan to beat these guys on the biggest stages. And and look, he's 36. It was a long season. It was expected that he that he run into some turbulence. Mm-hmm. I think it was amazing that he was still there after winning the, the ATP Finals, still being in the Davis Cup. And you know he's done that on numerous occasions. Just gutted it out for Serbia. He's a, he's a true patriot. This guy, and it's like. You know, he didn't win it all. He didn't get it for Serbia, but he's got that 2010, that, that life-changing Davis Cup win, and who knows, they may win it again next year. It's, I think it's amazing that he goes to the mat for these guys year in and year out. Also interesting to see him versus the crowd again, right? And that English match was getting a little snippy, but that's, I, I mean, you could say don't poke the bear, and I, and I would agree with it for the most part. I mean, it is the Davis Cup, so that's the atmosphere you'd expect to have, but it also just shows you he will find motivation any way, any way he can get it. Yeah, that's that's a part of what he's been doing this year. He's used that really well and effectively. So, and it, and it's fun for all of us. Generates a few headlines. Yeah. I don't think it's. I think we make yeah. a big bigger deal out yeah. of it than we should at times. But it is pretty interesting the way he vibes off that. And, and then he's kind of set the bar for Holgaruna for Medvedev. A lot of guys are doing it now. Where do you compare his 2023 season to others in the past? And I know 15 and 11 were just outstanding. 2021 is the big one, and I I might argue, I think I would argue, Chris, that this one is more impressive to me, as great as 2021 was. He's a little older, he managed his schedule, and the bounce back after losing a heartbreaking Wimbledon final, I think I would put 2023 over 21, and I don't know if you see it that way, though. Yeah, maybe I would. I I like what he's been able to do at this age. I'd I'd like to see him doing it against the younger generation. (laughs) The narrative was very interesting this year, losing to Carlitos and thinking, well, maybe he's given the power over to the young guns and then taking it back, Um, finishing the season at number one for the 400th week. I think in terms of the milestones achieved and all that, it's great. For me, in my head, I'll never be able to compare it to the other seasons where peak Nadal was there and it was just so <laughs> mind blowing how he was able to handle that challenge. Like nobody had ever had before. Um, but man, four, four of the greatest seasons in the history of tennis. Now he's at 24 slams. I mean, what can you say? 400 weeks, number one, <laughs> another year end yeah. number one, the oldest, this, the oldest that, I mean, you it just goes on and on and you're expecting more next season, which is crazy, but, but completely, completely. We do expect it. It was nuts. It was, um, Really crazy. I mean, 2011 was the one he just didn't lose until the French Open, which was insane. And then I, I looked at 2015 because I remember that being insane, too. And it was the first tournament of the year he lost, I think, early. And then every other tournament, he either won or made the final. So there you go. Uh, Novak just simply startling and no signs of really slowing down. But we do have some contenders uh, in his way. Uh, and speaking of which, I said the tennis season's over, and it's not officially true because the season never ends. We have exhibitions coming up, and we also have this next-gen final in Saudi Arabia right now where, you know, it's exciting to see who's who's coming up, and it doesn't feature the very best of the next-gen because some of them are already in the top 10. Some of them, in Ben Shelton's case and Musetti's case, just want to rest up, which we understand, Chris. The decision not to play makes sense when you're gearing up for bigger goals, but it goes without saying this tournament has crowned some future you know, has been a star maker in a lot of ways. If you look at the players that have won it and how they end up in the ATP finals not too long after. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, Carly, I mean, Sinner's title in 2019 was kind of a surprise to me because I didn't know Yannick as well at that point. And then, of course, Carlitos in 2021, the, uh, Chung won the first mm -hmm. one. Yeah, It's a cool event. There's a lot of different things they're doing right now, like um, eight seconds between first and second serve, Love which that. has been pretty neat to <laughs> yeah. watch. They're, they're doing new balls at seven and, and not, uh, not seven and nine, so trying to get the new balls into the mix. It's a nice little guinea pig for rule changes and whatnot. And it's great to see young talent guys that are 21 and under. I think there's three teenagers in the, in the mix. We've got American Alex Mickelson, a good guy to watch. I was just checking out his match, but I lost track of it when we got on the on the phone. I don't know how it's turning out. But, yeah, it's, it's a cool event. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's good to be young, right, to have the energy to keep it going. Uh, also, if you played well, I mean, Arthur Fees is probably the biggest name in this for what his year was. If you have a good year and you're healthy, it's like I was talking to Jam Michael Gamble about this last week. You you don't want to end. You want to keep going and playing and keep the momentum going. So I think this field, whether it's Mickelson, whether it's Fees, uh, Van Ash is another one, Strick, Stricker too. Um, there's some yep. good players, and I'm just curious if you have any that, other than you mentioned Mickelson, that you're keeping your eye on. Hard to Fees is um, mm -hmm. really exciting. He's really proved, proven himself to be a talent this year. I think youngest title winner on tour this year. And I think it was Leon. Mm -hmm. He's got a pretty big and powerful game. He's got all the shots. He looks like a future top 10 player and a leader for France. Luca Van Asha is mm -hmm. really exciting as well, but he's kind of a smaller guy. I don't know what his upside is going to be, but he can really cover the court. Mm -hmm. Stricker, we saw his potential at the U.S. Open with the upset of Tsitsipas, though I don't know if that's surprising, the upset <laughs> of Tsitsipas at the yeah. U.S. Open, let me just say, but Stricker's talented. They're all, they're all talented players, and I think they all can make their mark. Flavio Cabolier is yeah. also pretty good. The Italian big hard hitter, a little bit in the Berrettini mold. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to, to like about that. And I do think Stricker is a fascinating one because he's an interesting type of tennis player from the build to the game to everything. So I think there could be something there. Uh, but it's nice to see these young guys try to prove themselves and get ready uh, and see where they go because uh, there's a lot to like there. Uh, wrapping yeah. up here with uh, Chris Otto here on Tennis Channel Insight in the podcast. Uh, just want to uh, just go over a couple quick things on the offseason. Not too much going on right now. Want to give a shout-out to Jessica Pagula, 30 Under 30 Sports. Saw that magazine cover. I don't yes. know if you caught that. I mean, it, it makes sense. She's got one year left under 30, and why not, right? Yeah, she's been great. She's been great for the last two, three seasons. Just, you know, just finding her game and being so consistent and you know let's let's hope that 2024 is, is a breakthrough season for her in terms of taking that extra step at the grand slams but it, but incredible person incredible personality great leader on tour yeah and i love the fact that she wasn't a quote-unquote prodigy it's okay to be a prodigy but she was the definition of a late bloomer that put yes. all the work in to get here and it wasn't too long ago where she was outside the top 50 into her mid-20s and now She's been a standard for not just American women's tennis, but tennis in general. Uh, so yeah. hopefully she can have her breakthrough making the finals of the WTA finals uh, this year as well. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to, uh, and it's, you know, there's still 125s going on, players trying to get back into shape, into form. Ila Tomjanovic into the winner's circle in the 125 in Brazil has had a lot of miles and a lot of injuries since that win over Serena Williams in Serena's last match. But it's good to see Isla back in the winner's circle as well. Yeah, what was up with that trophy? <laughs> I was going to ask you. I have it written down here. It was in Brazil. Uh, it was a cat with a tennis racket, kind of just like posing. A blue cat, awesome. too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Mitch, I wanted to say one last thing yeah. about Next Gen. Yeah. It's in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. And I think 
you know, in a couple of years, we might be talking about some of the changes that are going to happen in the tennis world. And I think this is a sign in the beginning that the, the, the tours are kind of opening up and changing and maybe there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. I think we could see some big yeah. changes just in the format and the makeup of the tours, maybe a bit of a merger. There's a lot of stuff going to be happening. I think not many people are talking about the fact that there's a tour event right now in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> but it's happening. Yeah, I mean, no exhibitions have happened there for a few, maybe not the most publicized, but I know there's a lot in the, in the uh, I guess, atmosphere, ecosphere, whatever you want to call it. There's rumblings of stuff by really credible people talking about stuff. And we can kind of close on that, Chris, because there's still a lot to be decided. I do think unity in any form would help. And at the end of the day, and I keep, you know, I wrestle with this like a lot of people, but the players have such a limited amount of time to do this, to make life-changing money and to fulfill their dreams. So I'd like to see them maximize their earning potential, maximize the revenue, and really grow the game for the fans. So any way we can do that, I know it's rough around the edges. There's talks about trying to, you know, unify some things, maybe merge it would be a good thing. And also it'd be good to see some new and exciting events too. I don't want to take it any farther than that. Cause I don't know what the details are, but yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. Things could be changing and they could be changing soon. Yeah. Tip, tip of the hat to Matt Futterman's article in the athletic yesterday about some of the potential changes that could be two, three years down the road, kind of setting up like a premier tour where the slams and the, it sounds like the masters would be more, more of like a singular tour and then the lower level 500s and 250s might have mm -hmm. a different status and a different player base even a lot and and of course the men and the women together mm -hmm. pooling media rights if they can make 20 30 percent more money to share among the players mm -hmm. and to make it a better opportunity and a better living and have higher quality tennis that's what we want to see too and we definitely want to see the women and the men kind of getting that equal prize money across the board that yeah. would be a nice thing to have too Matt's a great journalist. He's been on this show. Uh, really respect the work that he does, uh, Matt Futterman. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's all I want for Christmas, but what I really want for Christmas is the WTA Finals to have a nice iteration next year. That's at the top nice of the list. Step, right? <laughs> Very first step. Chris Otto, it's a blast. You can Talking to you, you can catch him on Tennis Now. Some outstanding work there. Uh, check out his Lucky Light Court podcast. Follow him on Twitter at The Fanchild. Chris, thanks again for coming on the show. Looking forward to doing this again in 2024. Thanks, Mitch. Happy holidays, my friend. Thanks to Chris Otto for appearing on Tennis Channel Inside In. And once again, thanks to everybody out there who listens to the show, which could be found on the Tennis.com website. Go to Tennis.com slash podcasts. The entire catalog of episodes will show up there. We're also streaming on all your favorite podcast platforms. Go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeart, search Tennis Channel Inside In. The show pops up. You can subscribe, leave a rating or review. And when you subscribe, the episodes will automatically download to your listening device so you won't miss a single episode. We're back next week as we're in the tennis offseason, but there's still plenty of guests and plenty of stories to break down, including some interviews you're not going to want to miss. So be on the lookout for more Tennis Channel Inside In content during the shortened tennis offseason. For Chris Otto, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to Tennis Channel Inside In, and I'll talk to you next week.